ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر امور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد يا عباد الله باذن الله تعالى in the next couple of minutes i want everyone to think deeply and contemplate over the words that they will hear inshallah ta'ala qala imam imam al-sa'di rahimahullahu ta'ala fa'adham al-furub ala al-itlaq he said that the most greatest of obligatory affairs across the board hands down from the most greatest obligatory affairs and issues and from the most important of the obligatory matters and from that which will bring about the happiness in one's deen and the happiness in one's dunya from the greatest means and causes and pathways to bring about the happiness in one's deen and the happiness inside of one's dunya the shaykh he goes on and he mentions so pay close attention because when one hears about this happiness what will bring about a happy life this is something that everyone has a concern for because there's no one who is desiring to live a miserable life there's no one who it is his aim to acquire misery but everyone is searching for happiness so let us pay close attention now to that which the shaykh is mentioning will bring about happiness inside of our life inside of our deen and inside of our dunya the shaykh says ma'ada ila islah al-aqaid as-sahiha is that which will bring us to the correct creed bring us to the correct belief that which will bring us to the correct creed and the correct belief 
And this is something that is tremendously important because we all believe in things. So it is incumbent that we believe in that which is true. Not superstition, not falsehood, not that which is erroneous, but that which is true, that which is reality. So it's important and our beliefs are correct. The Shaykh goes on and he says, and that which will bring about a protection and a preservation of the noble, outstanding, praiseworthy characteristics. And that which will safeguard and protect one's deen and one's dunya, one's religion and one's worldly affairs. وقامت به المصالح and that which will establish those things that will rectify that which will establish those rectifying agents those things that will rectify that which is broken those things that will mend that which has been severed those things that will correct that which has fallen into error and so on and so forth and the shaykh he says وَاسْتِقَامَ بِهِ المجتمع. And that which will bring about the rectification of the society. That which will rectify that which is broken inside of a society. That which will heal the injury that has been placed upon a society. The Shaykh he says, All of that, all of these aforementioned things, it refers back to what? All of these things will be accomplished and actualized. All of these things refer back to obedience to Allah and obedience to His Messenger. The Shaykh goes on and he says, المتضمن تصديق الله ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم في كل خير And this will encompass and incorporate within, uh, therein a true belief, having a true affirmation and a belief in Allah Ta'ala and His Messenger and all of the good that they pointed us to. To have a true belief and in Bithmillahi Ta'ala we're going to come back to this point inshallah Ta'ala. The Shaykh says, الْأَمْرِ And by implementing that which we have been commanded to do. النَّهِ And staying away from that which we have been prohibited from. فَمَنْ صَدَقَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So whoever he believes Allah and he believes the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم and he implements the commands of Allah Ta'ala and he implements the commands of his Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم and he stays away from that which Allah Ta'ala and the Prophet had prohibited أَصْلَحَ اللَّهُ بِذَلِكَ دِينِهِ أَوْ دِينَهُ وَالدُّنْيَا Then by that Allah Ta'ala, He will rectify for that individual his religious affairs and his worldly affairs. But whoever أَخَلَّ بِشَيْءٍ مِنْ ذَلِكَ Whoever loses out and is deficient in anything from that then you will find his affair will thus become deficient to the same extent. 
his affair will become deficient to the same extent and then unhappiness will creep into his life to the same extent so the further a person is away from the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the further a person is away from the methodology of the prophets and the messengers alayhimu salatu wassalam then you will find the more un- the more miserable a person will become the more unhappy an individual will be the more they go into disobedience then the more their misery will increase the more their unhappiness will increase so if we are looking for happiness if we are looking for true satisfaction then we will find that only in obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the shaykh goes on and he says wa aslu dhalika wa asasu and the origin of this the origin in doing that in which we had just mentioned by obeying Allah ta'ala by obeying the prophet sallallahu by being upon that which the Creator wants us to be upon, by adorning our lives with that guidance that the Creator sent down for us, by taking the example of the one whom the Creator sent to us as a messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, who was the last in a series and a long line of wonderful, outstanding prophets and messengers, from them Nuh alayhi salatu wassalam, from them Ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam, from them Musa wa Harun wa Isa wa Yahya alayhumu salatu wassalam. Being upon that way, the origin of this, that which will enable us to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to implement the commands and stay away from the prohibitions, the origin of this stems back to the Imam, he says, Al-Iman, Al-Sadiq, Al-Sahih. It will all refer back to and will be dependent upon a truthful, correct belief. A truthful, correct belief. Do we really believe? See, that is the question. It's easy to say something with one's mouth. It's easy to move one's tongue so that you can get these sounds to come out of your mouth. But the actualization of that is something quite different. Do we truly believe? Because the implementation of that in which the Shaykh he mentions is dependent upon whether or not we believe. If we're going to have that happy life, if we're going to have a life that is filled with happiness and joy, then that will be found on obedience to Allah and obedience to his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam but that will be contingent on whether or not we truly believe that what they call us to is that which is best you see that's the challenge now do we truly believe that that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mandated upon us is the best thing for us Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has mandated upon the human beings that we pray five times a day that we pray five times a day that five times at least at least five times out of a day we break the monotony of this worldly life we break and we stop whatever we are doing from this worldly life and we devote a few minutes to praying and worshiping our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala this is that that if we implement it will be an aspect and will lead to a happy life there is no doubt about this it will bring about good in every which way shape and form a person's spiritual health a person's mental health so on and so forth will be dependent on whether or not they are those who pray 
whether or not they are those who implement this command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we are those who are lacking in this regard, then the question comes back, do we truly believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Do we truly believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because if we do, then we will know that what Allah ta'ala mandates upon us, it is the best thing for us. That which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibits from us, it is because there is found within these things that which is despicable, that which will harm us, that which is to our detriment, that which is bad for us, that which will lead to our misery. So all of those things that are haram will lead to a person's misery. In Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has prohibited upon us fornication. He has prohibited upon us any type of relationships outside of marriage. When one abides by that rule, and he implements that, and he stays away from that filthy fornication, it will bring happiness and joy to his life. If we take this for an example and we look at those who violate this command, and we see the misery that it brings to, the misery that can be found in the issue of baby mothers and baby fathers, all of the headaches that stem from that. All of the loss of sleep that comes from that. All of the gray hairs that results from that. And the proof can be seen. The proof can be seen by those kuffar living amongst us who are going through these issues. Who are going through these ups and downs with the baby mother or the baby father and so on and so forth. Why? Because they violated this and they committed fornication. This is just but a small example. What about those who go and they commit fornication, they develop diseases. They catch diseases. Now this one he has herpes, it won't go away. This one has AIDS, it won't go away. This one syphilis, that one gonorrhea, this one that, that one this. Why? Because they violated this. Now this one is miserable. 20 years old, 15 years old, and now they have a terminal disease. That which there is no cure for. Why? As a result, because of what their own hands put forth. So that which follows it in misery, that which follows it in depression, that which follows it in unhappiness, and so on and so forth, it is because they violated what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded. When one looks at intoxicants, he will see the likes of this. All of the harms that come to a society because of intoxicants, because of people violating that which Allah Ta'ala has commanded them to stay away from leads to their misery there's no happiness that results from that there's no joy that results from that whatever temporary happiness a person gets from the haram is temporary once it is over it's followed by regret once it's over it's followed by regret it's followed by heartache this is the reality it leads to their misery. But the happiness is found in what, in what Allah Ta'ala commands us to do. But the question becomes now, do we truly believe that what Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala tells us is that which is best for us? Do we truly believe that that which the Prophet tells us is that which is best for us? Do we truly believe that? And are, and are our actions reflective of that? Are our actions reflective that we truly believe that? Or are our actions saying something different? Or 
or our actions saying something different? Is our action telling a different story than what our tongue is saying? This is the question. Each of us knows about themselves. Each of us knows the answer that they have. Each of us knows the answer that they should be upon. So let us do what we know we need to do. هذا أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم واستغفروا فإنه هو الغفور الرحيم بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وبعد الشيخ غزان رحمه الله تعالى and he says الإيمان الصادق الصحيح now we have a truthful, correct Iman. Truthful and correct. From that, the Imam says, He says, To believe that verily Allah is our Lord. That verily Allah Rabbana, is our Lord. The one who brought us about from nothing. There was a time when we didn't exist. We were nothing to be mentioned. Non-existent. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought us into existence. He created us. Do we truly believe that? Because if we truly believe that, that will make it easy for us to obey Him when He says do this, or don't do that. Because He created us. So He knows what's best for us. He created this life. So He knows what will lead to a good life. He created this life. So He knows what will lead to a bad life. Those things that lead to a good life, He commanded us to do them. For our benefit. Those things that will lead to misery and a bad life, He commanded us to stay away from it. For our benefit. So we don't get harmed. So we don't get hurt. But do we truly believe in this? Is our faith correct? That Allah Ta'ala is our Lord. And that Allah Ta'ala, He created us from nothing. Do we truly believe in this? And is this the message that we're passing along to our children? Are we teaching them that Allah Ta'ala is their Lord? Are we teaching them that Allah Ta'ala created them from nothing? Are we teaching them that Everything that they have from blessings, all of the ni'm, all of the blessings that they have is from Allah Ta'ala. All of the things that they enjoy from the wholesome things is from Allah Ta'ala. Are we teaching them this? Are we rectifying their belief system? Or are we sending them away to school and not thinking about it? Because don't think that they're not being taught inside of the quote unquote secular school system that which goes against some fundamental beliefs in Islam so we have to know are our children saying yes Allah is my Lord but at the same time believing that they evolved from monkeys have we sat them down and refuted this our children may say, yes, Allah is my Lord, Allah created everything. But at the same time, believe 
that we were dropped off here or that our ancestors were dropped off here by some aliens from a, from a faraway galaxy. Believing that perhaps one day the ship will come back. Kassalam. Are we sitting them down and making sure? Because sometimes you will be surprised what the children say. You will be amazed at what comes out their mouths and what they believe. While at the same time saying, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. You will be amazed. But if this was something that was important to us, if this was something that had true value to us, then we will make sure that our families were upon it. We will make sure our families were upon it. We understand the value of food, right? We understand the value of food. We understand the value of drink. Has there ever been days that have gone by that you have not inquired on whether or not your children ate? Has days gone by and you didn't make sure that they were eating? You didn't make sure a meal was prepared for them? You didn't make sure they ate their vegetables and so on and so forth and they ate? Of course. Of course you don't do this. Of course you don't neglect them when it comes to their food because you understand the value of food. That if they don't eat, it's going to be some serious repercussions. If they don't eat, there's going to be some bad thing happen for them. If they don't drink, Something bad going to happen. So you make sure they eat, you make sure they drink. Don't neglect them. But their proper belief is more important than food and drink. Because the body, if it, food and drink is withheld from it, it will result in that person's demise. That person's death. But death is only what? A step to the next life. So if a man dies and he's upon that which is good, then for him forever will be the Jannah where he will have plenty to eat and drink. So when one reflects upon it from this standpoint, he realizes that what's most important is not the food and the drink, but what's most important is that which will make him eligible for the Jannah, where there's the ultimate food and drink. That's what's most important. And with no doubt, that which will make him eligible will be the proper belief. It's more important than food and drink. This is not to say, just bring books to the table. They don't bring no food. No, no one is saying that. Understand the importance of food and drink. But understand the proper belief is more important. So we have to be making sure that we believe correctly. We have to be making sure that our children believe correctly. We have to be making sure that there is a system and institution that are set up that they believe correctly. Because we are Muslims. We are a Muslim minority. Living amongst a non-Muslim majority. So they can never come upon our mind any type of complacency. Thinking that I will send my child to the public school around the corner because it's convenient. And that's enough. That's it. I've done my job. I need nothing else. Do you really think that the non-Muslims are going to teach the Muslims Islamic values? Does that even sound right? Do you think a Jew will teach Hindu values or Christian values? Is that what you think? Of course the answer would be no. Do you think a Hindu will teach Christian values? No. So why would we expect them to teach Islamic values? 
Do you think they're going to teach our children Islamic values? Of course not. Just like if they were to send to us their children, will we teach their children the Christian belief? Of course not. We will teach them the Islamic belief. This is the way it is. So why do we expect things that are unrealistic? Why do we send them to school thinking they're going to teach our children the Islamic ways and morals? Why do we get surprised when they come home saying it's okay for Johnny to marry Bob? Or for Sally to marry Sue? It's fine. Love doesn't see gender. Yes, salam. They come home and they say this and we think, where you get that from? Where you think they got that from? That's what they're being taught. And if we realize this danger, if we realize this harm, where's our action? We have spoken about this on more than one occasion. And bi'ithnillahi ta'ala from time and time again, we'll continue to speak about it until we see change. The reality of it is, is that if the Muslims are going to be here, then they have to alter the way in which they're doing things. You want to fall down into the melting pot, you're going to melt away. You want to melt, you'll melt away. No doubt about that. Your descendants, they won't be calling themselves what you call yourself. I guarantee you that. Wallahu a'lam. But if you want to establish something that is a, that is a foundation for sound education and propagation of the true Islamic belief, then we have to get to work. It's not going to happen by sitting on our hands. We have to get to work. But to put forth effort to make sure that the proper belief is being taught. Because it is that proper belief, it is that beneficial knowledge upon which righteous good deeds are built. Those things in which the Imam he mentioned, from obeying Allah Ta'ala, from obeying the Prophet Sallallahu this will never be actualized except upon proper, sound, beneficial knowledge. Because amal al-salih memni ala Because righteous good deeds are built upon beneficial knowledge. So if we truly want our children to have happiness, like we want for ourselves happiness, then we know that lies in obedience to Allah, in obedience to the Messenger وسلم, and we know that that will never be actualized unless we believe correctly. Unless we believe correctly. So it is a must upon us that we believe correctly. It is a must upon us that we submit ourselves. Because that's what it means. We say we're Muslim. We submit ourselves to Allah Ta'ala by implementing the Tawheed. By obeying his commands and being compliant to his commands. By having a disavowment and a disassociation from polytheism and from the polytheists. This is what it means to be a Muslim. That we believe correctly in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Correctly in his angels. Correctly in his messengers. Correctly in the books. Correctly in the last day. Correctly in Qadr. Khayrihi wa sharri. That we implement and do those things which Allah ta'ala has commanded us to do from the establishment of the prayer, so on and so forth. This is what it means. So are we submitting ourselves to Allah Ta'ala or not? Are we living our lives the way that Allah Ta'ala has mandated we live our lives? Or do we think we know better? <laughs>